The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 28th chapter. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you all from God our Creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. A very blessed Holy Trinity Sunday to you all. And indeed, this is a special day in the church year when we celebrate a teaching that is at the heart of our faith and one that has something to say to us in these unprecedented times. God is Holy Trinity. We experience God as Father and Son and Holy Spirit. We heard the language of Trinity in our readings today, read so beautifully by graduating seniors, Griffin and Grace, thank you, including the gospel as Jesus sends his disciples forth to baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Surely there are many ways to ponder this mystery of the three-in-one, but in these times of racial outcry and searching, these times of yearning for justice and peace, let's think about the Holy Trinity in one crucially important way for this moment, as unity and diversity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are three distinct persons. They are diverse from one another, and they are all united as one God. Let's consider this for a moment. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are not the same. They are distinct and diverse persons. The Father is not the Son, and the Son is not the Spirit, and the Spirit is not the Father. Yet their diversity does not in any way make one less than the others, or one more than the others. They are all equal in dignity. God is love, and they are in loving relationship with one another. Each is God, and together they are one God. And let us remember, especially right now, that we are created in the image of God. In the first chapter of Genesis, God says, let us create humanity in our image. God created us to reflect God's own self, to image God. This means that in our very being, we are diversity and unity, even though we lose our way. We are created from it and created for it and created to be it. May God help us embrace it because we have a lot of work to do. We are created in the image of God. That means there is a family resemblance. Some years ago, I saw a photo of a dear niece when she was maybe four years old, and she just didn't seem to look like anyone else in the family. And then I saw a photo of my mother, her grandmother, when she was about four years old. They were almost identical. There it was, 
the family resemblance. It was there all along. We just had to see it. We are all created in the image of God. And Proverbs 29 tells us, without a vision, the people perish. So I'm wondering today, what is your vision for this family resemblance between creator and created? Between the human family and the God who is distinct and diverse, equal in dignity and loving in relationship? What is your vision for that? Maybe like a table where there's room for everyone, where if you come hungry, you go home full, or a city where people of all colors both govern and serve together, where differences are appreciated and celebrated, where everyone's safety is guarded, where young and old of all ethnicities have equal access to life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness where the sin of racism is a distant memory. Fifty-seven years ago, Dr. King said, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. His daughter, Bernice King, reflected on this dream of her father, saying, when he talked about this beloved community, He talked about everyone bringing their gifts, their talents, their cultural experiences, she said. We live in a society where we may have differences, of course, but where we learn to celebrate these differences. Let it be so. My vision? I know this much so far. I want to live in a world where my little Haitian-American godson will not grow up being afraid to walk down the street because of the color of his skin. I want him to have every opportunity to grow into whatever God wired him to be and to reach his potential and not be afraid. And I want to start with myself. I want to listen for understanding and awareness of what life is like for our family members who are hurting and angry, who are lifting their righteous voices for justice and change and peace. What is your vision for this sacred family resemblance between creator and created? What is your vision for how to get ourselves and our world from what is to what is meant to be? A lot of people are living with that question right now. So let's hold on to this promise of Jesus from Revelation 21. I am making all things new, he says. Lord, make all things new and show us how to be part of your making. I was moved by this prayer at the beginning of George Floyd's funeral service, a service for a man who should still be alive. Lord, change our hearts until they match your heart. Change our hearts until they match your heart. Amen and amen to that. On this Holy Trinity Sunday, in these unprecedented times, we are also honoring our beloved graduates. And graduates, I would like to say a word to you today. You didn't sign on for this. 
You didn't plan to graduate in a time of pandemic and of heightened racial unrest. You didn't think you would finish your senior year lonely for your friends and your teachers and your coaches, studying at the kitchen table, missing so much that should have been yours. But these are your times, and they are important times in our history. Know that we support you and love you and believe in you, and we are so very proud of you. I have two prayers for you today. First, I pray you will have hope, because you are rooted and grounded in the God in whose image you are made. You are God's beloved, and you have every reason to live in hope. And I pray that you will be brave, brave enough to make the world a better place, brave enough to have a vision and work for it, brave enough to love with a heart that matches God's heart. In the name of Jesus, amen.